Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every two weeks, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we offer a short-form episode with interviews, backlist highlights, or other tidbits from the YA world. I'm Sarah Hannah Gomez. This is episode 90 and a half, and I'm recording on April 5th, 2021. So April is Poetry Month, and weirdly, I was checking our archives, and I don't think there has ever been a Poetry Month or even poetry-only episode in the life of this podcast. And there especially has not as far as I could tell, been an episode dedicated to narrative verse. So that's not to say we don't cover books like that in in all kinds of episodes. This podcast is very fond of Elizabeth Acevedo, Melanie Crowder, and Alan Wolf, just for a few examples. But for such a really fruitful and rich genre, we definitely undersell it around here. So I wanted to share some of my favorites in honor of Poetry Month. I think it's National Poetry Month, might be international, not sure. So novels and verse are very different from poetry collections more generally, and I think that goes for the reader and on the creative side as well. I routinely take three or more months to finish reading a single collection of poetry, whereas I can read a novel and verse in a day or two, often in one sitting. There's something about what it demands of the reader and how it's constructed that really makes you want to sweep through it when it's a narrative versus collections of poetry that you maybe want to wallow in a bit more. I don't think it's because it's objectively like less poetic or less complex, but since a novel in verse is one project, so to speak, it sort of pulls you along, but it's verse, so it still lets you breathe as well. And that's why it's one of my favorite things. Before I tell you about some of my favorite novels in verse, I want to thank this episode's sponsor, and that is Lilac Grove Entertainment, publishers of The Last Luminian by S.G. Blaze. Most princesses need saving. This one will save you. Lilla is a rebel fighting for the refugees' freedom from oppression. The arrival of Callum, a powerful Terran general, complicates her life and leads to conflicted feelings and friction with Erev, a handsome pilot and fellow rebel. Her life is complicated with meddling gods, love interests, and sudden magical abilities, but it is her reality. Now, the era war between two ruling archgods forces Lilla to act, accept who she is, find true love, fulfill her destiny by defeating the arch god of chaos and destruction before he finds her. So thanks to Lilac Grove Entertainment. So I'm going to take you way, way, way back to when I was a teen. And the first novel and verse to my recollection that I ever read was Stop Pretending by Sonia Sones. I can even remember the first book review I read that led me to her books. It was published in Dream Slash Girl magazine, which was uh, like the most brilliant magazine ever created and should never have been shut down. But that's like a whole other story. Stop Pretending was about a girl watching her sister develop schizophrenia. I remember loving it. I also remember that it was about 20 years ago, so it's possible it was problematic. I can't find a copy anywhere, but if I can, I will definitely reread it. And in the meantime, she does have some more recent books to try, like Saving Red, which is one that I'm excited to dive into. Okay, so neither you nor I have time machines, so let's talk about more current authors that you need to know about. First is Margarita Engel. Everyone who knows novels and verse knows Margarita. She writes picture books, middle grade, and YA. Her picture books are often about animals, but otherwise her specialty is Cuba. She's Cuban-American, she's a fantastic historian, and a lot of her books are fictionalized autobiographies of, I don't want to say famous, it's more like should-be-famous people from Cuba. So honestly, my favorite thing about her books is just how much they inspire me to learn more about the real people she writes about. If you're new to her work, I would recommend starting with my personal favorite, and that's The Lightning Dreamer. It's about Gertrudis Gomez de Ava Guinada, an abolitionist writer whose major novel actually predated Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin by about 11 years. So she was you know, speaking up 
against slavery even earlier than Stowe was. She has tons more books for you to explore after that. Next is Cordelia Jensen. I don't think people talk about her enough. Her debut novel, Skyscraping, has content I have literally never seen anywhere else in YA. And I don't use literally unless I mean literally. So if I've been living under a rock, please let me know some titles so I can educate myself. But if I'm correct and I haven't been living under a rock, this book really does stand out. It's it's rather unique. It's about a teen girl who encounters secrets her parents have been keeping. That alone is not, you know, not the most unique plot point. But it is in this book because the fact is that the secrets deal with queer and polyamorous relationships, age, and AIDS. So it really stood out to me. And the verse is just beautiful. And I think Jensen just does a great job of you know, allowing the the girl to be angry, you know, even if as an adult reader or even as a teen reader, you can empathize with her parents. I think it is a very real feeling to just be horrified when your parents are not who you thought they were. And I really like that she lets her character be angry. So next there's Marilyn Nelson. And I think she's a lot like Margarita Engel, except instead of Cuban figures, she often writes biographies and fictionalized biographies or freestanding poetry about famous African-Americans. Her book, A Wreath for Emmett Till, is phenomenal. It is this incredible project in in poetry styles and just this beautiful ode to you know this horribly murdered boy. I also really loved her memoir in verse, and I'm super looking forward to diving into American Ace, which is her first fiction in verse. So props for another author who started with poetry and then moved into narrative verse, Meg Carney. Her collection of poetry and Unkindness of Ravens is one of my favorite books of all time. It's definitely a desert island read. And her book, The Secret of Me, is a novel about adoptive families, which you also don't see a whole ton of, especially domestic adoption. So I really like that she focused on that. Oh, Meg is just, she's such a cool person. The Secret of Me is a fine place to start. And then I think An Unkindness of Ravens really works well as a sort of crossover text for For young adults, I first read it when I was 14, and it was just as fascinating and relevant to me then as it is now quite a few years later. So I think we all love an unlikable girl. And one of my favorite unlikable girls in YA is Ella from Gabrielle Prendergast's Audacious and its sequel, Capricious. So Ella is awkward, and she's angry, and she's audacious, which feels like a really bad pun for me to use. But it it also works. It's true. And she gets in a lot of trouble for the way she expresses herself. Um, She's really artistic and she's unapologetic and progressive and super political. And I just love all the statements she makes in, in these two books. They're really wonderful and nobody ever talks about them and I don't know why. So just last week, I got to moderate a panel with four poets and it was fantastic. It was one of the best roundtables I've ever done. Those poets are Dean Adda, Morgan Parker, Ibi Zaboy, and Yusuf Salam, and I highly, highly, highly recommend all three of their books. So Dean's is The Black Flamingo. It's all about finding yourself through drag and coming to terms with yourself as a queer biracial person. And it's about college. Like, we so rarely see that in YA period. So that alone is exciting. And I should say university, not college, because it takes place in the UK. So it's uni, but you get my drift. So Zaboy and Salam wrote a book together that was inspired by Yusuf Salam's wrongful conviction and very belated exoneration as a member of the Central Park Five, whom we now refer to as the Exonerated Five. It's called Punching the Air. It's a bit too on the nose, maybe, to say it will remind you of Walter Dean Myers' Monster, but it will remind you of that. But it's also just incredible in its own right. 
And Morgan Parker's book, who put this song on, is technically in prose, not verse, but I just thought it would be weird to mention her and then not mention her at the same time. Her book is Who Put This Song On, and I identified with it so much I kind of wanted to die. And she does have collections of poetry to read as well. I think they would also serve as a nice sort of crossover. We don't see a whole lot of YA collections of poetry. I think that's not really, there's no imprint for it. There's no real market. There's just poetry that I think appeals to or resonates with different ages. And so I would take a look at Morgan Parker. So that's it for me this week. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at shgmclicious as well as on the Book Riot website and on our Read Harder podcast, which is part of our Insiders program that you should absolutely check out. Thank you to Jen Zink for letting me make tons of errors and always cutting them out, although I don't like listening, so maybe she hasn't been cutting them out this whole time. Who even knows? But at any rate, she's a brilliant audio editor. Thank you again to this week's sponsor for making the show possible. Tirza and I will be back next week with a full-length episode. In the meantime, if you miss Kelly, don't worry. She and her baby are doing fine. The baby's super-duper cute. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading.